have listened to our pastor Melbourne Prince Sunday morning message to all the congregants of Eagles this ministries be blessed Good morning beloved and greetings to you all in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, my how things have changed we have been contained and we have been limited but thank God that his word cannot be contained and his presence cannot be contained. Uh, the Bible says the heavens of heavens cannot contain our God. And so we are always be able, we will always be able to enjoy the presence of God, whether it be through you being present or preaching to you through technologies. I must say that I really appreciate the fact that I could preach to God's children with everyone there present. What a privilege it is uh, to be able to minister to God's children in that manner. Now this morning, uh, I want to preach to you from Hebrews chapter 11, um, which is called the, 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 the cloud of witnesses, or as I would like to call it, the heroes of the faith. Now, what I want to speak about to you a little bit is the process that God uses to get us where He wants us to be. And the one thing, as I read through the book or the chapter of the book of Hebrews, uh, the one thing I've noticed that they all had the same similarities. And the thing that we must ask ourselves today is, how did they become heroes? What did they have in common? that qualified them to make this awesome list in Hebrew chapter 11, where so many great men of God are being mentioned. They did not all come from the same place. They did not go through the same experiences. They were not even all in the same generation that all of them has made the list. And so this morning I want just to read to you from Hebrew chapter 11 and verse 32 and verse 32 verse 34. And he says, what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained the promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, and out of weakness were made strong, because uh, became valiant in battle, Turned to fly the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Now, what did they have? What did all these great men of God have in promise? As we just look at the list of accomplishments that they have achieved, we look at Abram and we know how great he is, and Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses. Then there's David, and Samuel, and, 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 and then there's Joseph. The prophet says, time will fail me if I would speak of David, and Samuel, and, and you know, just there is another sermon, because in the order it is which is given, it's not given to us in the historical order, but rather a chronological order. But this morning is, the question would be, what did these men have in common? I want to tell you that they were the right person, or we can say they were the right people. They were in the right place, and they were all still there at the right time. 
none of these people uh, we would have known none of these people if they were not in the right place God had assigned for them we would not have known these heroes if they were not there when a certain event happened there is we would never know about Daniel if he was not there when the worship of God was illegal in Babylon we would never have known who Daniel was if he was not thrown in a lion's den. We would never have known about Daniel's faith if he remained in Jerusalem. We would never have known about Sidrach, Misach and Abednego if the, the statue was never built that requested their worship in Babylon. They were thrown in a fiery furnace for their refusal to bow before the image rather than create the creator. There is a point we must be willing to go to the place that God has assigned for us. Moses swiftly, Daniel, Misach, Sik and Ab wanted to remain in Jerusalem, but God had them sift up into Babylon. It, it, and it was in Babylon that they became part of the heroes of faith. Now I want us to backtrack a little bit, just a little bit, to, 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 to backtrack before we just go into more about being at the right place something else needs to happen so that we can be the right person who would the right people be something was done before all these great men of God made the list and it's like they have been set up by God for some great things or we can say we have been pre-prepared -pre for what God has for us in the future. Let me tell you this morning, God saw you and a need for you before there was a you. The Bible says before the foundation of the world, He has chosen you. Before the foundation of the world, before there was a you, God has chosen you because He's got a plan for you. Look what He says in Jeremiah 1 verse 5. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Look what he says in Isaiah 49, verse 5. And now the Lord says, He who formed me from the womb to be his servant. God says to Jeremiah, before you were born, before you were shaped in your mother's womb, I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. He says in Isaiah 49, I have formed you in the womb to be, me, to be my servant. In other words, God says, man, I, you, your thing have been set out for you. You have been planned. I called you. I purposed you. And that will qualify them to be the right people. Look at, in, 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 in Psalm 139 verse 16, what he says. David says, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for uh, that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. It, it is like David says, man, my days has been set out for me even before I lived one. In other words, David's life was already set out for him before he even lived one of them. Doesn't that tell you that God's got a purpose for you and a plan for you? Look in Galatians 1.15, uh, what the apostle Paul says, he says, but when he it set me apart before I was born who called me by his grace Paul says before I was born God had his hand upon me he called me that qualifies you 
to be the right person. And so you also have been called before the foundation of the world. The blessed thing is when God calls people, He calls them with strength and He calls them with weaknesses. In other words, all of the great heroes of faith, all of them had strength and they had weaknesses. And, 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 and all your days are known by God. I mean, you cannot run away from God. Look at, look at Jonah. God had a purpose for Jonah. But the purpose and plan that God has for him is in Nineveh. Instead, he ran away. He didn't like the Ninevites. He did not even want to preach to them. There was this thing, man, let them get punishment for what they were doing. But I do not want to be there. Aren't you glad that God is patient for us? When we are going off the track and that Jonah would run away and then on the sub, suddenly there arises a storm and he's being thrown overboard and he lands up in the belly of the fish for three days. And so you, God's got his pace and he's got all the time. And then God sends him back to Nineveh. And in Nineveh, we see one of the greatest revivals because now Jonah finds him in the right place where God wants him to be, to be useful for God. God empowers us for usefulness and shape us in the plan that he has for us. Just look, I mean, at the life of Jacob. Jacob is known to be a deceiver, he's cunning, he is shrewd, and, 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 and he knows how to con people. But man, God knows how to work with him and to form him and transform him. But that transformation takes time. And so God eventually got it right with Jacob. And his name was turned from Jacob into Israel. Aren't you glad, like I said, when God calls you, he calls you with your weaknesses and he calls you with your strengths. Every one of the heroes seems to have gone off the track. Every one of them. You should be encouraged by this. And, and, and because of some people, when they go through failures, they want to give up. Just look at the failures of these men. Elijah did great exploits for God. But there was a time when God had to ask him, Elijah, what do we now hear? Elijah. In other words, he was at a place where he wasn't supposed to be. Look at Joseph, at one of the great kings of Israel. That would be a sermon on its own to preach about that man, Jehoshaphat. But even he aligned himself with the wrong people. Look at Moses. He killed someone. What about David? We should be knowing the stories of David and what he did to Uriah and Bathsheba. But God had a plan for them. God even used their weaknesses to prepare them. You have to be there be the right individual person. You have to be in the right place as well. The Bible talks about Jesus. When he was in Nazareth, he could do no miracle there because of the unbelief of the, of the people. It's only when he moved to another place where we see the miracles start happening. So do, do you see that when you find yourself in the wrong place, that something just don't happen there? That sometimes God requires you to be in some other place so that he can perform his work through you. Here is a 
don't fight with God because you do not like the place that he has put you in. Like Jonah. Jonah is unhappy. He's upset. He doesn't like the Ninevites. But God says, well, if you're going to do something great for me, and if you're going to see the one of the great revivals that was has ever happened in the Old Testament, then you, Jonah, is going to have to move to Nineveh because it's not going to happen where you find yourself right now. Go to the place where I've called you to be. And so Jonah went and we know the story. Look at Joseph. He was mocked by his brothers, not respected, not loved, and he was rejected. But God, like, served him out. When God moved him from his father's house and took him to Egypt, we find a complete different story. That God moved him from his father's house and sifted him to another country. But in Egypt, we see that he was loved and respected. People bowed to him. Pharaoh acknowledged uh, him as special. Joseph said, God made me a father to Pharaoh. The trip was difficult, littered with pain, but the whole journey made him, instead the, uh, of bitterness, he had compassion and care for his brothers. Just imagine if Joseph hated Judah and says, man, I'm going to give you payback for what you did to me or for how you worked against me. I'm going to get you back. Imagine that was a thing that was going to happen. The problem that would have been Jesus came from the tribe of Judah, the Lion of Judah, that will break every chain and give us a victory again and again. But instead of bitterness, he had compassion. He said, what you meant for evil, God turned out for good. He said, God had a plan for me. He sent me ahead of you. Daniel and his friends was nothing in Israel. But in Babylon, they became the heroes. For God, the right place is important. In Israel, these men would have been unknown. But when God shifted them to Babylon, we see what has become of them. You may be without honor in your parents' home. But if you are in the right place that God wants you to be, it is a different story. I mean, you may have the same father, the same mother, and you may have all your brothers and your sisters and everybody's there. But there was something special that God had with you. He placed his hand upon you. He sifted, often sifted you from your father and your mother's home and sifted you in areas where he wanted you to be. Why? Because he was busy molding you. He was busy shaping you. He was getting you ready for a work that he desires to do. Can you see how things happen? That, that of everyone in your family, that God laid his finger upon you and you are completely different in your thinking and in your outlook upon life and at the work of God, you have shown what your desires and your passion for God's work in Christ, that is what it's all about. Don't worry about not being honored because God will get you to the right place and once you in the right place, you will see what is going to happen. So we see they were in 
the right people, they were in the right place. In, in the other thing, you know what heroes are made of? All of them is the fact that they just stick out a little bit longer. They don't leave before their time. So it's important that you have to be there at the right time. How many times did Jesus not say when they wanted to throw him off a cliff? The Bible says they wanted to throw him off a cliff and Jesus walked right past them because his time was not yet at hand. His time has not yet come. How did he tell his mother at the wedding? He says, woman, my time has not yet come. But this is what blesses me. When Jesus was having the Last Supper, he says, this Passover, I longed for. I mean, Jesus has attended many, many Passovers over his 33 years on this earth. He has attended a lot of Passovers. In fact, when the Passover lamb was slain in Egypt, he was there. But he says, this one I longed for. Because it is this one that the lamb, the precious lamb of God, will be sacrificed for the sins of mankind. He will offer himself a ransom for many. The chastisement of our well-being, it fell upon him. He was going through a terrible period where he's going to be mocked and sing. But he says, this is the Passover I long for. The redemption of mankind is at hand. God's plan is coming to a fulfillment. The devil may think it's a victory, but he's going to be defeated by the very cross that he thought was his victory. It was the same like the prophets of Paul in the days of Elijah. Elijah gave them all day to call upon their God and to do their sacrifices. And Elijah told them, and the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all day nothing happened. They cut themselves, they harmed themselves, but nothing happened. And look what the Bible says. He says, when the time came for the evening sacrifice, that was the time that Elijah acted. And we know the powerful effect that happened that day when the sacrifices was put on the altar and a fire came from heaven. What a spectacular thing. The fire came from heaven, consumed the altar. The God who answers by fire, he is God. God uses many a times the destination to do the preparation work in our lives. In other words, the journey as placed on is often used as a preparation to get us where he wants us to be. And sometimes, just sometimes, some of us, we arrive early at the destination where God wants us to be. And, uh, 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 and we are not being used immediately because God is still busy with you. God is still at work in you. Now, we have a problem with patience. And sometimes we feel it takes too long and so then we want to leave. Do you know what? David was anointed as a young man as king of Israel. When Samuel anointed him, he only became king of all Israel after 20 years. Do you know that Jacob was blessed by God? God had his hand upon him, but he was not where God wanted him to be. And so God worked with him. 
Do you know how long that process took? That process took about 20 years for God to shape him from a Jacob, from a deceiver to a righteous man, from, from somebody that has been shrewd and cunning to an Israel of God. David and his men were ready for war. But God says to David, you wait until you hear the wind in the mulberry trees. You may be ready, but wait until God tells you to move. You don't move until God says that you must move. You wait there until the calling of God. It's, it's the same like Elijah. He says, I heard the wind and I heard uh, uh, the earthquake, but God was not there. Then he says, then I heard the still small voice. And the Lord was there. Sometimes God speaks to you in a still small voice. Just be patient. Just hear him out. Because when he speaks, you move. When he don't, you stay put. You wait on God. The time is going to come. Sometimes uh, I often wonder what would have become to certain men in the Bible. I wonder what would have become of Gehazi, the servant of Elisha. I wonder what it would have become of Demas, who was a compatriot of a companion of Paul, whom Paul says to Timothy has left uh, the ministry and loved this present world. I wonder what would have become of these men if they did not move out too early. Demas left Paul. He left the ministry. He loved the present world. He moved out too early. What? I, I, sometimes you want to know, you know, you know, wonder what would have happened if they stick out just a little bit longer. I must tell you, there is a work for you to do in preparation for what God wants you to do. I want to say that again. God has a work for you. Don't leave early. Stick it out a little longer because God is still busy in preparation for the work that he wants you to do. But, re, but we must all remember that there is a process. A process. There's one more thing that I want us to remember. Do you know that every God-sized work requires more than one generation to complete the vision? Any God-sized work requires more than one generation to complete the vision. Do you know when God called Abram? He said to Abram, Abram, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Can you see the worry on Abram's faith after many, many years when nothing has still happened? That he has no heir. He goes sleep with Hagar. Hagar produces a son by the name of Ishmael. And then God tells him, but he is not the heir. That your wife will still give birth. And then that one would be the heir. And then there was only one Isaac. One Isaac. Do, do, do you know what? He says, man, I'm, I'm already 99. Look at what time God is giving me a son to be my heir. But he said, I will become a father of many nations. And then the Lord put Abram to sleep. And took him way ahead of time. And God showed him a people in another country, Egypt. And God showed them that they are going to be in slavery for 430 years. Just there, Abram realized when God took him ahead so far, he realized 
that the work that God has given him to do was bigger than him. That he was not going to live to see it, but the grace of God allowed him to see it. That he was not going to live to see it, and God was going to use others to complete it. He saw the nation of Israel before they were even while there was only an Isaac. There was not a Jacob yet. And God took him to Egypt and showed him what was going to happen to his people. That they, was go, they are going to be a big nation. And so Abram knew that the work and the plan that God had for him was bigger than him. And so this thing was completed through many generations of people who became a part of God's plan. Then. Now, here is the thing. Kahasi uh, was the servant of Elijah. He was someone that saw all the miracles of Elijah. He was the hands of Elijah. He managed his affairs. And then Naaman came because Naaman is a general, he is an affluent man, he, but he has an illness, he has leprosy. And so he was sent to, 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 to Israel to come to a prophet who is able to help him. And when he came to the prophet, the prophet said, tells Gehazi, the prophet don't go out to him, he tells Gehazi, tell him to dip in the river Jordan seven times. The general was upset. Naaman was furious. He complained. Why, why does he send me to that river? Why does he go and send me to a river while there's so many other rivers that is much better? Little did Naaman know that someone great is going to be baptized in that very same river. And when he was convinced by those close to him, he went into the river Jordan, dipped himself seven times, and when he came up, his skin was like a skin of a baby. Now I want to, 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 to paraphrase this a little bit. You know, the uh, Naaman stands up from the water. He has now completely changed. Something has happened to him. His skin is like the skin of a baby. He is so excited. He is so jubilant that he says, I want to bless the man of God. I've got many possessions. I've got money that I brought to me. And I'm so excited that I want to bless the man of God. And then the man of God says, I don't want anything from you. That means Elijah says, I am not for sin. Then he makes a very strange request. Naaman requested to take some of the ground to take with him to his own country. This is my take on that. He could not remain in Israel. He could not remain where the people of God was. But he decided to take a little bit of Israel with him and went to his hometown or to his country and poured out the ground where he resided and lived. And every time he went to pray, that was a ground that he prayed on. And, and it's like he says, man, I may not be in Israel. But I brought a little bit of Israel with me. It's like when you go to the Oriental Plaza in Cape Town, it's like you say, man, it's like I'm in India. I have a little bit of India here right in Cape Town. 
or you go to China, tell me you says, I've got a little bit of China right here in South Africa. Gahasi made that request. Now, Elisha then uh, had a servant whose name was Gahasi. Now, Gahasi went after the man of God behind Elisha's back and says to him, man, uh, the prophet has thought about this and uh, he now thinks that you can give him some of the stuff that you have brought. And so he gave him the possessions and the clothes and the silver and the gold. I'm paraphrasing now. He gave him all those stuff. And then he came back home. But you cannot hide anything from the prophet. Eliza tells him, Kahasi, where have you been? He says, no, I've just been outside moving around. He says to him, was not my heart with you when you went to, Na uh, to Naaman? And took some of the clothes and the possessions. This is what the Lord says. You can have the clothes. You can have the possessions. But you will also get to keep the leprosy that Naaman was healed of. You see, he left too early. And so never received the mantle of Elijah. So that the last miracle of Elijah came from the grave. Kaasi left too early. He, and, and you know what the sad thing is? The sad thing is that the last miracle that happened was a miracle that came from the grave. Because the Asi went off the money. Because he went off the wealth and possessions. Because he wanted to have a lifestyle of comfort. He now lost what he was called to do. And so he was never received the mantle. Yes, Elijah received from, from Elijah. He never received the mantle from Elijah because he left too early. And how sad that the last miracle came from the grave. How sad it would be that there are so many men and women of God that would go after the comfort of this world, the pleasures of this world, the money, the possessions, the affluence, the popularity that is available out there to be in with the groups when we have all that and we don't have the anointing of God on our lives to perform the miracles that is needed in our time that God has to use someone from the dead to bring back a miracle how sad it is that the last miracle of Elijah came from the grave what would be the last miracle of our times would it come from the grave because God can find no one here who's able to sacrifice and to endure and to stick out a little bit longer and wait because his work is not finished with you, that the time is going to come that he will use you. Just wait out there because the Lord is indeed going to bless you. My prayer is that the Lord may bless you, that the Lord must keep you, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. The Lord bless you. Wow, what a word. What an amazing word. God always uses things and processes and stuff to get us where he wants us to be. It's amazing that no matter what time we find ourselves to be in, God has a plan and a purpose for it. And God is getting us 
closer to where he wants us to be. Trust you were blessed. Have a wonderful Sunday further. And God bless you.